If you can do something like that, where you can appeal to a, a community and do it regularly, well, that helps you with your sales and your growth and everything else. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? I am doing great, as you expected this time of year. It is cold in Calgary. Nothing like keeping the community around you to keep yourself warm. Ah, interesting you mentioned that. By the way, hopefully our chat would be nice. People can sit next to the fire or someplace warm and listen in while we talk about (laughs) the importance of building community as you build your startup. So when you say community, Glenn, what are we talking about here? If you think of any community, it's sort of... Sometimes it's people that are forced together. I think in this case, we're talking about people that come together for some common interest, maybe support each other, that kind of thing, and that a company can interact with. Anything else on the definition of what we're talking about here before we dive into it? It can be participants. It could be customers. It could be other like-minded businesses similar to yours. That could be part of your community. I've got a story to tell you, Doug, about uh, a group that relied on community to get them through a tough time. Okay. Uh, okay, Great. so see, see if you can guess this one. Okay. You know, I'm not very good at this. Mm. I, if oh, I looked no. back, I'm probably batting about 500. Okay, well, this one, hopefully, you'll get, it'll be a good one. John and Renee lived in Austin, and they loved Austin, Texas, of course, loved health food, so much so that they decided to open a store, which they called the Safer Way, instead of Safeway, the Safer Way. Okay. And when they got booted out of their apartment for storing products in their apartment, they just simply moved inside their store and lived there. And two years later, they merged with a, you know, another health food store run by two other guys named Craig and Mark. And together, they had this one whole store with the four of them. And at 10,000 square feet, it was their one and only store quite large, but it really worked. It was a big success there in Austin. But then less than a year after opening, disaster struck. A flood devastated Austin and the store's entire inventory, most of the equipment as well, worth $400,000, all wiped out. They had no insurance. So obviously the lesson here is get insurance. So <laughs> looked like the whole show is over, but then something really wonderful happened. And Their customers and their neighbors showed up to help clean up and repair all the damage. Investors, creditors, and vendors relaxed their terms. And just 28 days later, the store reopened. Today, the company originally called The Safer Way that survived that, of course, disastrous flood has grown to over 340 stores across North America and sales of over $12 billion a year. Any guesses what chain? And all because the community rallied around them in the beginning. Well, you said Austin, Texas. And if I'm not mistaken, that's where Whole Foods originated. 
Congratulations, Doug. All right, I got one. (laughs) I tried to drop in the whole show is over and a few other things in there. (laughs) I only hear those in (laughs) post-production when, oh yeah, he was saying that. That's very good. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. It is a great story because they really developed a community of people who loved what they were doing and felt part of the operation, even though they didn't own any of it. And so when disaster struck, that community rallied around and made it great. Now, of course, today, Whole Foods is now owned by Amazon. But at the time, the community was critical to their success. I guess it still is. You could argue that they've got a very good community. I know people who just go to Whole Foods because they know that they get good quality stuff there. If you can do something like that, where you can appeal to a a community and do it regularly, well, that helps you with your sales and your growth and everything else. So that's that's just one angle on community. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I do. And, And perhaps another example as well. I really like the component there, though, about the mindset that you need to have as the entrepreneur. And it's an open mindset. So you are communicating what is important to you, this mission that you've got to bring healthy foods to people, whole foods. I think you've got to get that out there and share it and be thinking about creating this sort of thing that's bigger than just your store and your supply, your business, just that element and sort of thinking of that people part. So I really like that part of it. It is true as well that it's not just your customers. It could be, you. I think you said suppliers, mm-hmm. relaxed terms, that kind of thing. That was a win-win sort of approach. So it's a really good story. I think that when we talk about community and trying to build it, if you look at the whole Silicon Valley mantra in the software space, they they have this kind of mantra, which is grow, engage, and monetize. You know, the monetize piece, of course, you've got to do if it's going to be a business. So the engage part, though, is, I think, relevant here. So you're engaging people in your business in some way. So in this case, it could be, it's usually customers, users, they call them And when we're talking about software. But another angle that you can really leverage, I think, are the people that are helping to create that product. So in this case, developers. Yes. So if you have a software business or platform, you can develop relationships with people that help you to create this. And maybe they'll do it on their own. That's sort of the ideal here. And your example with Whole Foods was a spontaneous reaction, which is the best thing if you've got people coming together in support of your mission, I think is fantastic. Uh, but you can look for that as well as and really foster it. So one example that I would bring up would be in the running shoe department. And it's um, a company that was, it's been around for a long time, but was kind of fading in the background and was was a subsidiary of a subsidiary of Warren Buffett's company. And they needed to do a turnaround. And so they decided to focus this company that used to make a shoe for everybody on the runner the serious runner. And I think that to the degree that you can do that, they've been doing it now for almost 20 years. So just imagine how you would feel if you were a serious runner 
and you've got a company that's dedicated everything they do into making something that will help you run better, longer, more comfortably, more efficiently, whatever it is. And the natural kind of community that comes out of that. Other runners, let's get together and we've got a Brooks sponsored or not sponsored yeah. and, and have these events. That's part of the success story here with Brooks. And it's by focusing laser sharp, which I think a lot of our entrepreneurs can benefit from, on one particular customer. That is interesting. You know, I, it makes sense. Understanding your client base and what and appealing to them. Yeah, it's not a one-way street. It's a, the community should respond well to your, what you're doing. And they clearly have in that particular case. That's great. Yeah. And pulling out the fact that it's not a one-way street is really, really important because you have that community. Some are going to be closer to you than others. Uh, many companies create user or customer advisory boards. So they kind of formalize things that way. But even without that, naturally, and I saw this in, in many of the startups that I have been part of, the people that are enthusiastic about what you're doing, they make themselves known and it's drawing them in and then helping them to meet other customers and, and having yeah. that sort of two-way communication, two-way street on not just your product development. It could be that, which is highly effective, but could be the way you're deploying things, the channel you're using pricing, customer service, any of these sorts of areas, if you've got a community you can reach out to as an entrepreneur. And you said at the beginning, Glenn, this common sort of mission, I think, is really what binds people together. I think of community, I think of, we talked about these examples before, Wikipedia, a yeah. community of people who want to do something and, and they don't need to be paid for it. They want to be part of something bigger, yet makes it easier to run the business. You couldn't have run Wikipedia if you had to pay everybody. The example, I think, you know, the Broadway show and movie uh, Hairspray in 2001, right after 9-11, was trying to raise money for the production. And typically, Broadway shows are paid for by lots of people with, who've got deep pockets, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. But because of 9-11 and a few other things, the they raised $10 million by finding 100 or I think 300 small investors who put in small amounts of money. And it was a community of people who loved Broadway musicals and were interested. And of course, they all made their money back in 10 months. And uh, it's been very lucrative for all those investors since. But the entrepreneur behind it built a community of investors to take on the risk of running a Broadway show. So you can't do everything by yourself. If you can build a community, it really goes a long way to scaling up your business. It increases the speed, it increases the success, and increases the feedback on your business. So you know it's going right and wrong, so you can do it better. I think basically a community, if you can figure it out and get people engaged, it's great. You know, I get people calling, you know, telling me all the time when they hear my radio stuff, the stories I do for today's great idea, they actually turn up the radio at the time it comes on because they want, they know they're getting something of value or something of interest. So they're part of my community. And to get that feedback is extremely valuable to me. If you can make sure it's not just a one-way street and talk to your customers, investors, whoever, you can do a great job. That's what we mean by community. Community. 
Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends, remember to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, and I think the an additional benefit to the ones that you listed there is it can be more enjoyable doing mm. your job, yep. bringing out your product. It can just be more enjoyable because you're seeing it resonate with people. Uh, one example I would say from, I have this book, Spark Click Go, which is great. But when I go and talk to students that are taking entrepreneurial classes, as an example, I get to see what they're thinking and what's important to them and what they're trying to figure out. And that's very, it's rich, it's meaningful. So it adds purpose, a sense of purpose. So I think you see that when you have a community um, you were mentioning the hairspray example. There's a, there's a group out there now that will allow you to, and maybe I'll have to put this in the show notes, Glenn, now that I'm mentioning it, I can't think of it. <laughs> but there's a group out there that allows you to invest in movies. So just when they're an idea, again, used to be the same thing. It's usually yeah. deep pockets, but they are calling the community and people that are interested. I don't know what kind of donations you might have to put in, probably whatever you want to do. Five, 10, this kind of thing, dollars, and you could be part of this. You know, Now you get the email, now you get the newsletter and you're part of it and you see things early and you, when it comes out, in this case, a movie, you are much more likely to go to it, tell your friends, tweet about it. You're much more likely to be an advocate for this, whatever this production or this business is that's getting started. If you're there from the ground floor, you're going to be a natural advocate. I know another example is a startup. It's one of the ones that I do through the Canadian Technology Accelerator. And they do a great job summarizing how they've done in the last quarter milestones they've hit, anything that they've done. They joined an accelerator, they brought in a new investor, they're going to go to clinical trials, whatever it might be. And they send out a, it's kind of a locked link about this to their supporters. So this is, they don't have a product yet. It's an early stage startup. They are building a business and they're just building this kind of community as well. It's a sort of a one way. And I think a lot of these things that you can do as a company are one way. And we should talk about what people can do, Glenn, to build this community. But then naturally, as you have these groups in your sort of atmosphere, there will be occasions when you could get them together virtually online, maybe a Slack chains, yep. things where people can talk, some sort of forums or ideally physical events where you could have people together. Maybe you could do that with today's great idea, have an event and and thank, thank yeah. your sponsors and people that, that have talked to you. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an integral okay. part to a lot of companies' growth. So what do you think? How do you think 
entrepreneurs can do this, foster this community? What are some of your ideas? Uh, Basically, the first thing you have to think about is how could a community benefit and benefit the idea? And how can I benefit that community? It's a bit of a two-way street. And then you figure out where to go from there. In some cases, you don't realize you're actually creating a community. But if you've got a, a lot of an initially reoccurring revenue from people, you know you've got customers who like what you're doing and they want to keep ordering it. That's your community to work with. See if you can expand that community. And because those customers are liking what you do, they have friends and connections. They should be happy to tell you, tell their friends and vice versa. So you could leverage your community. That's the way I would probably do it is think about what is good. And to that point, there's also negatives to community. If you don't perform well, with your clients or they only order once and they don't repeat the order well that could be dangerous because now your community is talking about how bad you are yeah they've turned (laughs) against you (laughs) yeah well that's a very important signal to get from your customers you'd have to wise up pretty quickly or if it's really early on it's just telling you you're missing the mark so as negative as it is it, it, it could be valuable but when you were saying that glenn I like that, just that sort of starting point that you gave to people. What's the win-win? How do you benefit them? What kind of information do you need from them or or action? There's companies that have grown, many companies that have grown with this sort of friend of a friend type of thing. And it's either, if if it's software, tons of these things are, well, you know, basically you create a network effect and to use this product, you've got to invite your friends in. Multi-level marketing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happened with BlackBerry back when they had BlackBerry Messenger. And you've seen that with a lot of other things. WhatsApp sort of all grew through this friends wanting to bring their friends. Yes, that's not multi-level marketing. I thought you were going to that. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Multi-level marketing is a community, but it's not a good one. You're not there necessarily for the right reason. It's a bit pyramid scam kind of thing. Not in a bad way. Some of these things are, you know, reasonable, but you want a real community of people who actually care. They're not, they're, just, they're not paid to be there. At the mm-hmm. end. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. That's a great measure to know if you've got that real like, community. Like the Whole Foods didn't get paid to show up. They wanted to show up because they love that store. That's the thing. So. And your example with Wikipedia. The same yeah. thing. It's it's a community of people that want to do it. It's a small group that does most of the articles, uh, is what I understand, like it is in yeah. most cases. It's the Pareto law, you know, the 80-20 or something yeah. like that in terms of percentage. And then the business is supported through charitable donations, which, by the yeah. way, depending on what kind of business you're in, it is one way to monetize your business is through charitable donations. And there's yeah. Patreon is out there. to create that link to your community. So you could have a Patreon page. People can go there and they can support you on a monthly or one-time basis, all of that kind of thing. And that's a way to capture from community. But there's other businesses like Uber that grew by saying, hey, Glenn, you've been a driver for Uber. We will give you some kind of bonus, dollars or I'm not sure what they do, percentage, uh, increase your your take-home if you bring in other drivers. yeah. And so that's another way to sort of build community. So lots of great benefits to doing it. I think creating an email list is one of the most effective things you can do. 
as a company. You've got direct control there. You can send them information. You can write a blog. Many things that you can do, many channels right now. But email as a list is one of the things that you actually own compared to some of the social media things you can do. You've got a page on LinkedIn, for example. You post something there. Your followers should see that, but you're also at the whim of the algorithm of these social media platforms. So you probably do both. But lots of ways to sort of get this thing going. Look for those early repeat customers that you mentioned. Glenn, I think that's uh, excellent advice. Anything else on how companies, how, how startup founders can create community? Glenn? I would say just be thankful. And so let's just take advantage of that right now and thank our listeners for their feedback and their comments and their support. We've gotten lots of good feedback that's helped us get better as we we roll out the series. And again, we're trying to build a community around this podcast and it's working. So Nice. Absolutely grateful. And that's echoed by me, Glenn. So thanks for bringing that up. Okay, terrific. So how about the next time we get together? Any thoughts? And I know I put you on the spot for a couple times, uh, the last couple times. Any thoughts as to what we should talk about next time, Glenn? Well, the good news is we did think about it beforehand. And then now, of course, had a memory failure to think from a few minutes ago what it is we talked about, but now I do remember. And it is actually a very important part of business. And that is decision-making. What's good decision-making and what's bad decision-making. Yeah, sounds good, Glenn. All right. This has been Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. I'm Doug. And I'm Glenn Seward in Canada. Thanks. Bye. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.